Hi guys, welcome back to Be the Main Character with Bianca. Happy Friday. I hope you're having an amazing Friday. I know I haven't podcasted in a hot minute. I've just been enjoying summer and just been really busy and just not had a ton of time to do the podcast splash splash slash haven't had the space away from other humans to do the podcast meaning that it was going to be too loud or there's just too much background audio so we're back and I'm really excited for today's episode but let's do some life updates since it's been a little while so I want to talk about two books that I've read over the course of this time that I'm obsessed with that I need you guys to read immediately first one being We Were Liars by E. Lockhart so good it's a perfect summer thriller it's a perfect thriller you can read in the summer it takes place in Massachusetts near um, Martha's Martha's Vineyard and it's really really good it's so good it's such a good thriller it has such a good twist and you definitely don't expect it at all highly recommend you read it the next one I just recently read is by far my new favorite summer romance that I've ever read it's the summer broken rules it's definitely a young adult book you could read this from age like I think 16 until you know whenever you want to but I think 16 would be like a good age to read this book and there's no spice in it so if spice isn't your thing this book has none of it and it's just a really wholesome romance book and it takes place also in Martha's Vineyard and it's about a summer wedding and like a big summer family week-long party it's the cutest oh it was such a wholesome book it has a ton of Taylor Swift references if you're a Swifty I am not so I didn't get a lot of them but I always I always do this after I'm done reading a book I go on TikTok and Pinterest and look up the aesthetic of the book to see if what I'm thinking the book was is the same as other people's thinking of how the book was and yeah that's like my favorite thing to do after I finish reading a book but honestly the best it's an easy read it's such a good book I gave it five stars I thought it was so cute I read it with my best friend at the same time she did not feel the same way about it but that's totally okay I loved it so two books that you guys should read before the summer ends or just in general but they're really good summer books so I highly recommend so today is July 21st so I am over two months alcohol free and I might do a whole episode about this once I get into this a little bit more I'm not sure if this is gonna be a forever thing if I'll do it for a few more months I don't know I have some events coming in the near future that, you know, are not obviously surrounded with alcohol, but I mean, I have two bachelorette parties and a wedding coming up in like the end of summer, beginning of fall, and I don't really know what I'm going to do about them quite yet. Honestly, my first thought goes to not drinking and just getting um, mocktails and just alcoholic free drinks like I'm totally fine with doing that I just don't know I don't know if that's what's gonna happen we'll see but for right now I'm so freaking content without alcohol like it's honestly has not been that hard for me at all I don't miss it I don't crave it I don't think about it like when everyone else goes to grab a drink in the summer I'm not I don't have a feeling like I'm missing out on anything and I feel amazing I just 
really think this might be something long term for me, but I, I don't know. I'm just taking it day by day just because I'm not being super strict about it. There's no, you know, medical reason or addiction reason why I stopped drinking alcohol. It was just something I decided to do. And I'm just at the moment really happy with that decision. And just especially like the week of the 4th of July, I had that whole week off from work, which was amazing, by the way. I definitely needed it. I had 10 days off from work and it was absolutely glorious. And I was just so, so happy. Fourth of July is like my favorite week of the summer and just like one of my favorite holidays. And it was just so fun. And typically, Fourth of July is when I drink the most out of the entire summer. Like every year, I would say the heaviest I drink all year is during the Fourth of July. And I would say the heaviest time I drink throughout the year is the summer just because it's like a social thing. Everyone just has a drink. They're out on the lake floating and drinking. And that's totally fine. I mean, I did that for summers before and it was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. But this summer, I just haven't. And like I said, I haven't felt like I'm missing out on anything. I've just been having um, a lot of Olipop, actually. I've been really enjoying those as like my fix to have something in my hand um, while everyone else is drinking. And I've just been really enjoying it. And yeah, I just think back to like getting alcohol. Not that it was that long ago, but in just thinking about the fact that I half the time was like, this is too strong. This is too strong. I don't like it. I don't like it. And that's just such a waste to continue having something that you don't like that much. So at the moment, I'm very glad not drinking alcohol. Very happy with it. So that's where I'm at. I started a new workout program. This is the first time I've ever bought a program from someone else. I always, for the past four and a half years, I've always created my own workout split, my own workouts, or, you know, had my mom help me filter in a little bit. But besides that, I've never bought someone else's program. And honestly, I'm really excited. I tested some of the workouts last week and then I officially started week one this week of 12 weeks of this program and so far I am absolutely loving it. It's just so fun. It's um, an athletic based program so it's athletic and strength and I'm just absolutely loving the different types of movement just having it laid out for me by someone else that isn't me and just pushing myself in a different way and also helping me stay really consistent because I'm just strictly following this plan for the next two weeks, two weeks, 12 weeks. So I'm wrapping up week one this week. And like I said, I'm just having the best time with it. I still went to CrossFit this week. That was super fun. But yeah, I have felt like I've definitely gotten out of that fitness funk rut that I was in just by simply changing my mindset and changing my approach to fitness and yeah I'm really really happy at the gym I've also been doing something different instead of I know I said I was working out in the mornings which was true up until my work schedule changed from me getting to work at eight to getting to work at seven for my summer schedule because I do 10 hour shifts so I get there at seven I leave at 5 30 and there's just I just can't get up work out shower eat get to work on time for seven with working out in the morning so I've been getting up early I've been getting up at 4 30 or 4 40 every day getting up and going for a 30 minute walk there's no mile mark it's just up I get up I get outside and I just do a 30 minute walk and it has been amazing I've been doing it for about two or three weeks now 
and it's just I've been really consistent with it. It's just been getting me out of bed, getting me straight into sunlight, out into nature and just moving my body first thing in the morning. That way I still have that feeling that I had movement and I get those endorphins. I just I don't have to go for a full, you know, hour, 45 minute workout and rush around. So I literally just step outside my door, go for a walk and come back and get ready for work. And it's been absolutely perfect. I've been loving it. And then I'm super excited because this weekend I'm actually home for the entire weekend, which typically, obviously, every weekend I am at our lake house. But this weekend I have a concert tomorrow, tomorrow being Saturday. I'm going to Luke Combs. I'm so, so excited about it. And then on Sunday, I'm going to go to the beach with my friend that's going to the concert with me. So it's going to be a nice weekend at home. I have like this full Friday off, which typically it's – I you know, I'm at the lake, which is obviously just as great, but I just get to, you know, fully clean and just have a Friday to myself. And it's just really, really nice. And I'm very excited. Not that going to the lake is ever a hassle or anything like that. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying I haven't been home um, for a full weekend in a really long time. And it's nice sometimes to just be alone. But yeah, we go to Luke Combs tomorrow and I'm just so freaking pumped. I bought these tickets back in December as my best friend's um, Christmas present. So I'm super excited. I love country concerts. I've never seen Luke Combs. I love his music and I'm just so freaking hyped. I'm so excited. And then we're going to the beach on Sunday, which I haven't been to the beach all year because I go to the lake. And honestly, there have been a ton of shark sightings and things so I don't think I'll be going in the water. If you know, you know I have a huge fear of sharks in general and being in the ocean already scares me, but knowing that there's been shark sightings like where I used to go surfing is just terrifying and I just don't think I'll be doing that anymore. I think I'm going to be a lake girl through and through forever because it's absolutely terrifying. I already went on a walk this morning with my cousin. We went to the beach and just walked and talked for like an hour and it was so fun. We both have Fridays off, so we were like, uh, we need a therapy walk, and it was honestly, it was great. So let's get into today's episode, and this is going to be a more fun episode, or more of just like a, you're going to get to know my brain and things about me a little bit more. It's going to be a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more just my opinions, how I feel on things. But this is going to be a girl talk episode. So we're going to talk about a list of things and some suggestions that you guys gave to me on Instagram of things you wanted me to talk about. So let's get into it. So the first thing I want to talk about is birth control. So I have never, ever been on birth control ever. Now, I do not think there's anything wrong with birth control. So if you're on birth control, this is nothing against you towards you or anything like that. It's just a personal choice of mine. Um, you know, when everyone starts to hit around like 15, 16 or when you're entering high school, you know, your parents typically are like, do you want to go on birth control? Like, what do you want to do? Um, and my parents always have been super open with me about everything. And when it was brought up at the doctors, they completely told me it was my choice if I wanted to go on it or not. And at the time, I didn't see the point. I wasn't dating anyone. I wasn't sexually active. So I was like, I don't want to go on birth control. I don't see the need. And I didn't really date. I dated one person my senior year of high school. And that was the first person I had dated ever. So for me, I just didn't, I didn't need birth control. For me, at that moment in time, 
And you guys know I haven't been in a lot of relationships and I'll just be straight up and honest with you guys. I don't do hookups. So I'm not consistently sexually active regularly. So for me, birth control was never something that I needed or, you know, I was never having pregnancy scares or anything like that. So for me, birth control just wasn't necessary for me and now at 23 it's still not necessary for me and I'm really really glad that I never went on birth control because of the horror stories that friends and family members and just so many stories on TikTok of what people have gone through being on birth control has just been awful and it's just a lot of hormones for your body to regulate from the time you're, you know, 15, 16 until whenever you decide to come off birth control or switch birth control or whatever it is. And I'm just really glad. I already have a hard time with my mental health. I can't imagine the mental health struggles added in from birth control. I, I just don't think I would be well. Um, on that so I'm really glad that it was never something that I ended up doing for me personally now in the future this could change I have no idea but my goal is to always just never have to go on it and just be really good about tracking my cycles and so on and I've been recommended birth control so many times by multiple doctors just because my periods are pretty irregular and I have acne and I you know I have a lot of pain when I'm on my periods. I mean, debilitating pain sometimes. And all of those things are, you know, can be and usually are solved by birth control. But I just didn't think that outweighed everything else that could possibly, you know, that long list of side effects. I didn't think those side effects outweighed the cons of just, you know, dealing with a irregular period, a very, very uncomfortable period and acne. So for tracking my period and just being able to see when I'm ovulating or when there's a higher chance of pregnancy, etc., I use the app Flow, and this is not sponsored, <laughs> obviously, by Flow. Imagine if it was. That'd be so cool. But yeah, I do track my period. It's pretty irregular, so it only helps so much with knowing when my period is coming, but I can see when I'm ovulating and etc. And I think that app just has a lot of really good knowledge and value to it. I really like it. Um, so yeah, that is my story on birth control. I have never taken it. I don't think I ever will. And that's just my personal experience with it. And in terms of doctors pushing birth control on you, if it's not something that you want to do, just stay very firm and ground in what you want and stick up for yourself. Because when I went to my first um, gyno appointment, that was pretty much the entirety of the conversation or a big portion of the conversation was getting me on birth control, getting an IUD, getting me on something. And I just, you know, said no to it all. I said, you know, I've never taken it before. I really don't want to start now. Um, and I'm not having unprotected, unsafe sex. So I, I don't see the need. And yeah, so you're, you might get pushback or if you want to come off it, you might get pushback. But just remember at the end of the day, it's your body, your choice. So do whatever you think is best for you. And that's all that matters. This is going to leave me in my next topic, which is my skin and acne. So I'm actually going to post about this on TikTok in a couple days, but my skin has done like a 360 in the past few months 
because I really took matters into my own hands. I've had acne since I was about 16 or 17 years old and I am now 23, which can be extremely frustrating because not only did I have like late teen acne, but I also have like early adult acne, which is just very frustrating. But my skin has gotten so much better. And I want to mention, I've been to two dermatologists at this point, both of which prescribed me things that I could not tolerate. Um, my skin was peeling off around my eyelids. I've just had really bad reactions to the meds they put me on. And on top of all of that, I really just hate being on meds. If I, especially if they're not working and they're just making me feel so awful. And that's how I felt every time I went on acne medication. I never went on Accutane. I know it works great for a lot of people but I never went on it and I forget what I was on for acne meds, but I was on topical and oral medications for acne twice and both times, like I said, I had really, really bad experiences with them and with the dermatologist in general. I just felt like um, it was like a, almost like a, like a one size fits all and I felt like they just didn't really hear me out and I was younger when I went and it just was never a good experience for me. Um, so let's see, almost a year ago now, I went to an esthetician, um, that used to do my nails and then she went to esthetician school and I went to her for facial before I took my NCLEX last year. And since then I've been getting, I, for about six months was getting regular facials about every three to four weeks. And then when I moved, I kind of stopped and started going like once every three months, which it's not ideal, but I mean, I moved my budget's a little tighter and it's also also farther away from me anyways. But I started she had recommended back in February that I start taking fish oil. And once she said that, I just started doing a ton of research in vitamins I could take to help with my acne because I didn't want to be on meds, but I wanted to see if something else could work. And mind you, I've been experimenting and trying things for years um, to see how to best heal my acne. And around 19 and 20, I had fully healed my acne. This was right before COVID started. I had fully healed, healed my acne. My all I had left was like acne scarring and I had like no active breakouts. My skin was super clear, vibrant. It looked really good. And then COVID happened and I started having to wear a mask at work every single day, you know, for eight, 12 hours a day, multiple times a week. And my skin is super sensitive in general. Um, I used to have really bad eczema, but I'll talk about that in a second. But my skin and the masks just did not work. And at one point we had to wear not only just masks, but we had to wear the N95s and the face shields, the eye goggles. I mean, at one of my jobs, I had to wear a face mask and a face shield at all times for eight to 12 hours. And it just irritated my skin so bad that when I would take my mask off, I literally would look like I had a rash on my cheeks. And it was just my acne was so aggravated and inflamed from wearing the mask for that long that it just looked so awful. I remember coming home one day after work and my mom being like, did, are you, did you have something you were allergic to? Or like, are you okay? Like, cause my face was just so red, so puffy and inflamed that it looks like I was literally having an allergic reaction, which I probably was having a slight one to the masks. Like I said, my skin is just so sensitive. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, but having to wear those masks consistently for three and a half years my acne just didn't even get a chance to heal plus I was wearing them at school 
Um, it was just, you know, everyone, everyone can relate to this. They were just nonstop. But not only did I have to wear them out in public and to school, but I also had to wear them to work plus extra things. And just, you know, the N95 just is just also so bad. But in March, I started a vitamin regimen and it has helped me tremendously. I can do a more in-depth about, you know, my acne healing, but I'm just going to give you guys briefly what I've done to help and heal my acne, but I also did this without pharmaceuticals, which I think is amazing. Um, all these vitamins that I was taking, they're on my TikTok. I made a video about it, but I'm going to go more into depth on TikTok as well. But I basically started this vitamin regimen and I was really consistent with it and it helped my skin a ton. We also got rid of the mask mandate back in May. That's helped a ton. I've also been going in the sauna regularly about three to four times a week. Sweating helps a ton with acne. I also, for almost a year now as well, maybe a little less than a year, maybe like eight months, I've used um, these towels they're called the clear skin club towels also not sponsored um but they are individual towels that you use almost like a paper towel but a lot better quality and also biodegradable and you use them after you wash your face instead of using like a regular washcloth or a regular towel because those harbor and hold so much bacteria and that's the main thing with acne is it's bacteria you're trying to get the bacteria off your face so your skin can heal and you know we're not aggravating it making it worse so using those single like one and done you throw it away towels I swear have been such a game changer they're all over TikTok now but I was using them before they were popular on TikTok and I swear by them I think they're so good I think they're worth the money um I highly recommend them especially if you just have a ton of active breakouts all the time. It's a lot of bacteria on your face and using a towel that you use after a shower or like on the beach or something like that or just a washcloth that you've had for years is just holding bacteria. It's just not going to help you out. So I highly recommend that, especially if you live with a ton of other people. You're not only swapping like your bacteria, you're swapping others. And this is okay on your body, but not on your face, especially if you have acne. I already talked about the facials, um, so I do those about once every two to three months now just because of budgeting, but my skin has gotten a lot better, so I don't need to go as frequently. I also switch out my pillowcases about once or, yeah, about once a week or once every two weeks. That's kind of pushing it. I like to try and do it once a week. I think this is a huge game changer as well once again we're just trying to eliminate the sources of bacteria your pillowcase holds a ton of bacteria so if you can switch those out as much as you can um do so i think that helped me a ton and then this one this one is essential wash your hands before touching your face and then throughout the day do not touch and pick out your face don't do it um, especially if you have a habit of it don't do it um, if you put product in your hair and then do your skincare after, wash your hands in between. You don't want to transfer that hair care product to your face. I'm huge on this. Like I cannot, I cannot touch my face unless my hands are clean. It's like almost like an, not an anxious thing, but I, I physically can't do it anymore. I think I've just trained my brain to be like, you are going to cause yourself to have acne, which is probably a bad thought, but it does make me very conscious about touching my face. So that's a big thing. So like I said, I can do a more in-depth 
uh, episode about my skin because I also used to have eczema, which I also healed completely by myself. Um, and I had eczema for 19 years, so I can do a whole episode on that if you guys want it or want to know how I, you know, have gotten to this point where I've healed my acne for the second time. Oh, also, please wear sunscreen. I've talked about this in another episode. I have been wearing sunscreen consistently for four years, maybe three or four years, a long time. I wear it every single day without fail, always. I always wear sunscreen. Not only is it really, really good for um, healthy aging skin, but it's also really good for acne um, in the sense that your acne scars are not going to be as dark. And if you're using any type of acne medication or vitamin C serum or anything skincare related that can make your skin vulnerable, you're going to burn a lot easier. So be really conscious about wearing your sunscreen because you will damage your skin by treating your acne. Um, so just make sure you're layering, layering with the sunscreen on top and reapplying your sunscreen so your skin doesn't get really damaged because especially something like a vitamin C serum, which just comes to mind first, can make you burn really bad. Um, so be very cautious. All right. The next one I want to talk about is dating and dating apps. So I hate Hinge. Okay. I've been trying it since like January and I just, I hate it. I've been on like a couple dates from Hinge with the same person and it didn't end up working out, which is fine, whatever. Um, but I just, I don't, I don't enjoy it. Uh, I, guys, I'm so frustrating with dating <laughs> as I just, oh, if you're in the same boat as me, it just sucks. Okay. Like on TikTok, I see all these people with these like hinge success stories and I'm just like, how on earth are you doing that? Because I get humbled by my likes on hinge every day, every day. Um, I've deleted it for like periods of time and then re-downloaded it just to like scope out the scene and then delete it again. I just, I hate it. And ideally I just need to be a more social person and put myself out there more and just like go on more dates. That's what everyone keeps telling me. And it is true. You need to go on more dates in order to meet more people in order to get to, you know, your person. Not that I think that's going to be anytime soon for me, but I'm just saying you have to put yourself out there and go on multiple dates, even if they suck, even if they're bad, just to get yourself out there. But I don't want to go through that process. Like, I truly don't. I just wish there was a better way. Uh, it absolutely sucks. Okay. And I'm okay with being single. I totally am. And I've loved being single, but I'm at a point in my life that I am in a really good space to be in a healthy relationship you know what I mean like I'm I'm ready for that I'm ready for a real adult committed relationship and it's just not happening for me right now and I know that there's a bigger plan in place I always say like the universe has a plan that you don't understand right now and it will all work out in the future but sometimes it just gets really freaking aggravated I'll just be so real with you guys it's so annoying and also now that I'm not drinking alcohol I haven't been to a bar all summer choice of my own I'm totally okay with going to a bar and getting like a sprite or like a soda and like just vibing anyways and dancing and having a good time I've just been at the lake so much that that just hasn't occurred for me 
this summer yet. So that's just another thing. Like, I don't want to meet Brad at the bar. I, I don't. I think you can meet someone at the bar. I'm not saying you can't. And I'm not saying that people at the bar are, like, awful. I'm definitely not saying that. Bars are fun. They're social events. And, yeah, but majority of the time, I'm going to say majority of the time, my ideal person is not going to be someone I meet at the bar. It's going to be someone I meet, you know, in a 5K or, you know, that's working out or at the gym or at the lake or something along those lines is where I'm going to meet someone that's more up my alley. I also just had my period like a week ago and sometimes I get really emotional when I'm on my period. It's not all the time, but last week I was a emotional wreck with my period and this only happens every like I would say like once every three or four months, but I was just like so sad. I was just like, I want to be in a relationship so bad and I never really like express that and I didn't express it out loud. I said it in my head, but still I was like, girl, are you good? But I was just lonely. But if you've listened to my episodes before, you guys have heard me talk about me talking with my therapist about how lonely I was 4th of July last year. This 4th of July was not like that. I was totally fine. I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm single again. I wasn't like, I'm so sad and lonely. I actually had a friend up for this 4th of July for like a day. And that honestly helped me a lot because her just being there, I was like, no, like you are content and with your friends, you're only 23. Everything's good. Life is good. Even though she's in a relationship, it didn't make me feel so alone. Um, but last week I was just going through it because I had my period and I was emotional. I was just like, is this ever going to work out for me? I don't know. (laughs) But now a week later, I feel a lot better about it, but I am still very just annoyed with dating and yeah, I need to change my language around it. I totally know that, but this is a girl talk episode. I'm keeping it really as real and raw as I can for you guys and just saying it's annoying and I'm working on it. But I want to talk about my red flags on dating apps. The only dating app I've used is Hinge. Um, I tried this app called Hula, which is supposed to be like guys are only on the app if their friend brings them on the app with them, meaning a female has to like invite them to the app. Therefore, they're like verified by a female, which is really a cool concept. I just don't think a lot of people know about it yet. So it's not used a ton. So the people within your area are very limited. So it's just not there yet, but it has a lot of potential. But anyways, here are my red flags on Hinge. Okay, this first one isn't necessarily a red flag. It's just a preference, which is age for me. I typically like people a little bit older than me not huge not a huge age gap that's not what I'm saying I'm just saying a little older than me because I am typically perceived and have been told this that I am more mature for my age I have always been told this and therefore I usually attract or just get along with people a little bit older than me and this has been real my entire life like a lot of my friends are older than me Not all of them, but a good majority of them are older than me. So for dating purposes, if they are younger than me or even my age, I typically avoid it. Um, I just don't really, I'm not really attracted to someone that's younger than me. I mean, I can be. I think, okay, here's my thing. 
if I met someone out and we vibe like really, really well, we hit it off, everything's going well in like a, you know, random circumstance where we just meet somewhere and then come to find out they're a year younger than me or they're my same age, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm not going to date them because they're that age. But if I have the choice, like you have the choice on Hinge to look at their age and be like, do I want to match with this person based on X, Y, Z? And I see that they're younger than me. I'm not going to match with them because my ideal age range, age range. Yeah, I said that right. Would be between 25 and 27. And I'm 23. So somewhere around there. I mean, 24 would be good, too. Um, and my age would be OK. It's just not ideal. I just, you know, brains are fully developed at 25. So <laughs> that frontal lobe closed 25. OK, Um I'm just looking for a certain maturity level and for someone to want the same things that I want out of like adulthood and, you know, hope to avoid like a, someone that wants a hookup situation. It's not foolproof. It's not a foolproof plan, but that's just my personal preference. So it's not necessarily a red flag. It's just something I'm looking for. It's a preference. The next one, this one's a red flag for me. So there's a spot on hinge where you can say like what you're looking for in a relationship meaning long term short term or you're not sure what you're looking for I forget the exact wording for it I think it's like uh, I don't know the wording hold on it's something along the lines of I don't know what I want out of a relationship yet or something like that red flag is when it's the latter like I don't know what I'm looking for in a relationship I think that's the wording of it like what do you what do you mean and this is you know what even shocks me even more when it's a 28 to 30 year old man being like I don't know what I'm looking for in a relationship like you're a grown-up you're a grown-up what are you talking about you don't know what you want grow up so that immediately I don't care how attractive you are if it says I don't know what I'm looking for in a relationship immediately no immediate x no not doing it um like, I can get it if you're in your early 20s and you're like, I, I don't really know what I'm looking for. But, like, you're in your, like, late 20s, early 30s and you don't know what you want and you're on a dating app, please. Grow I can't. I cannot deal with it. So, anyone that says either short term or I don't know what I'm looking for in a relationship, those two things for me are immediately no because that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for something long term. I'm looking for someone that knows what they want. That isn't looking at this as like a hookup or a short term or go on a couple dates, never see each other again. I don't want that. So I'm looking for someone with similar interests. So for that, for me, that's a red flag. And I don't care how attractive you are. If we're not looking for those same things, I'm not going to try and force us to be compatible <laughs> because clearly we're not in the same mindset around what we want, which is OK. Um Next one is people in the military. Now, I don't mean to say this in a disrespectful way. I'm not saying it's people in the military. Like, I'm not saying because they're in the military. I am. But for a different reason. So the reason why I personally wouldn't want to date someone in the military is because um, of the travel and the potential of a long distance relationship. So a lot of people in the military are all over the place. They move around a lot. And for me personally, I just can't see myself in a relationship and a long-term relationship where that would be my life, would be moving around, you know, being a military family. Because I'm thinking about this long-term. I'm thinking about, okay, in the future, if we start a family and we get married, 
uh, this will be my life. Now, this same thing applies kind of to the age. If I met someone out that was in the military and, you know, it was like their last year or they had two years left or maybe they were local and they were going to stay local. If the plans were a little different, like that would be a different story, especially if I met them organically is the word I was looking for. That might be a different story. But if I can see it there on like on this platform, I'm going to avoid it because that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking to up and move and travel with you. And I don't want to do long distance at the moment. So for me, it's, that's not necessarily a red flag. It's just something I prefer not to do because I just don't see myself living that life. And I think that's fair. I think if you're going to be in a relationship with someone in the military, you have to be ready and okay with that because that is their career. That's their job. And if you're not, then that's probably not something you're going to want to enter into. Okay. All right. My next one is again, an actual red flag, not just a preference. If they are holding a drink, alcoholic beverage in every single photo on their profile, I'm okay with you drinking. I totally get it. And I can even understand that a lot of guys don't take pictures outside of like a social event, which is like typically like going out to the bars or like having a party with your friends. I get that. But every single picture, like you don't like go on hikes or anything. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to see some variety. Like every single picture, you're at the bar, you're at the club. Uh, Are we going to be compatible? I don't think so. I just don't think so. So for me... That's a red flag and that's something I kind of look for and it's like it doesn't happen a lot but when it does you're just like "Eh, I get a weird vibe. So for me it's a no for me. Next one this one's also a red flag. This one just absolutely boggles my mind. Pictures with girls on your profile where you can't tell if they're siblings or if they're dating or or what. Like why do you have a picture with a female where you literally look like you're dating her on your profile that makes absolutely no sense to me what you think I'm gonna you think I'm gonna be like yeah that's a good one I'm gonna favorite that photo no no I'm concerned and I'm definitely not gonna go on a date with you because why do you have pictures with females like that on your dating profile where you're trying to attract other females it just doesn't make sense to me and I don't get it and if you're siblings, I'm even more concerned because what what is going on here? So, yeah, red flag for me if they are in a picture with a female and I can't tell if they're siblings, cousins, dating, besties. If I can't make that distinction, especially with the hand placement, like if I can't figure that out, I'm not doing it. Nope, 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 nope. Next one. Oh, this is a big one for me. A big red flag for me. Smoking cigarettes. So there's an option where you can say yes or no to smoking cigarettes and also if it's in their picture. So if it's yes to smoking cigarettes and if it's yes or if I see it on their profile, I see them smoking a cigarette. Now, weed, I I don't care. Cool. I think it's great. I think it's very helpful. I even think in some circumstance no in majority of circumstances I think it's better than alcohol the only reason I have never smoked and never been able to is because of how long I've worked in healthcare and you could be randomly drug tested at any time so I do not risk my career on smoking that's totally fine with me 
smoking cigarettes for me is just such an ick. I just can't get over it. I think it's just I think it's so gross. I I don't like it. Okay. So those are all my preferences and red flags on Hinge. I think a lot of you are going to be able to relate to a lot of them. Um, but yeah, and I just, ugh, I just hate Hinge. I, I really don't enjoy it anymore. I never did enjoy it, but I even enjoy it even less <laughs> now. <laughs> Truly, I just want to be a really good girlfriend for someone. And I want someone to be a really good boyfriend to me. I want someone to allow me to step into my feminine energy and give me princess treatment and just do the little things that mean a lot. And on the flip side of that, I want to be a really good girlfriend. I want to be a really good person for someone else. I want us to, you know, match each other, match each other's energy, go on really fun dates, trips. I want that and I want that long term. And, you know, I just want something really real and committed and I think a lot of people want that and if you don't want that and you're like in your single phase going on all the dates doing all the things round of applause for you because that's amazing too and there is nothing wrong with that it's just this I'm just in a phase of life where I'm just ready for that part of my life and it just seems far away and this kind of leads me into my next topic which is I don't have baby fever. Okay, maybe sometimes I do. But I have like house fever and I have adult fever. Okay. Um, not that being an adult is the most fun thing ever, but there are parts of adulthood that are fun. So getting to the house fever. So a lot of people have baby fever. I don't really want a child right now. You know what I mean? Like I like not being tied down to anything. Not that I want to ever think I'm tied down to a child, but you guys know what I'm saying, okay? I'm 23. I don't want a kid right now. That's not the end of the world to say. But in that aspect, I love the idea of having like a townhouse, a condo, or just a house in general and like being in that either by myself or with a boyfriend, partner, whatever, um, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, building that house, having a yard, getting a dog, coming home and seeing that person, cooking meals together or by yourself, because I'm totally down to do this whole thing by myself. Um, if that's where this aspect of my life is going to take me, that's totally fine. But I have that fever for like that place, like I can envision it in my head. I just, I want to decorate. I want to buy all new furniture. I want a dog. I want someone to help me take care of the dog because I don't have enough time for a dog right now. That's a different story for a different day. I really do want a dog, but I'm not getting one because I don't have the time for a dog. But I, yeah, I want to be, I, this is what I want. I want to be in a healthy, loving, committed relationship and I want a property, whether that's a condo, a townhouse, a house, that's what I want and I want to decorate it and I want to have my you know healthy nursing job and that's the stage of life I want to be in and that's the stage of life that I'm manifesting while also currently being very happy with where I'm at in the fact that I moved out this year and I've become financially independent and that you know I'm working my first nursing job and yeah so manifesting the next phase of life while also being content 
and happy with where I'm at, happy with the fact that I'm single, my mental health is really good, I'm in a really good relationship with myself, with my family, with my friends, I have good friends around me, all of that. So yes, I am ready and excited and those next pieces of the future do feel really far-fetched and really far away at times. Um, the economy is really bad and it's kind of scary trying to imagine and wrap my head around the fact that, you know, how am I ever going to afford a house or how am I going to afford a house and a kid? Um, and I think a lot of people in their early 20s get really, I mean, I do, get really worried about the future and how that's really gonna come to fruition but I've also learned that in the past couple of years like I never thought I was gonna be okay let me backtrack maybe two years ago I probably didn't think I was gonna be able to move out at 22 into an apartment I just didn't see that ever being realistic for me I could never find the budget for it it just it wasn't it wasn't happening the way I thought it was but once it did everything fell into place and it was like this is exactly how it was supposed to happen and it all works out eventually so I'm definitely not rush rushing or stressing the future it's just you know a thought in the back of my head and something that I think about and something I think a lot of people think about but yeah so I have house and boyfriend fever <laughs> that's what I want okay and successful future fever all right, the next thing that was recommended or asked of me to talk about on this episode is imposter syndrome, which I have talked a bit, a little bit about on my episode, um, new grad advice episode, I talked about imposter syndrome and I talked about this at therapy. So I'm going to dive into this a little bit, um, because I think it's something that we all struggle with, especially if you're a new grad or if you're going into a new career or if you're, you know, if you are buying a house or a townhouse condo or if you're, you know, buying a new car or if you, you know, feel the opposite, if you feel like you're behind in life, like you might have imposter syndrome for so many reasons. But I am here to tell you, I have imposter syndrome every single day, every single day at work, especially. OK, I'm a new nurse. I've almost been a nurse for a year and Literally, I had this feeling yesterday. I was um, digging through files on this case we were working on and I knew what I was talking about. I knew exactly what I was talking about, but I ran it through with my charge nurse because I was like, does it sound like I know what I'm talking about? Like, does this make sense? And she was like, 100%. Like, this makes a ton of sense. Like, you're, you're spot on. And I was like, okay, <laughs> because... I mean, a lot of the time I'm talking not just with nurses, but I'm talking with nurse practitioners, doctors that are surgeons, okay? So sometimes I'm like, where do I fall in this place? How do I have this space and place to to talk and sound like I know what I'm talking about? So sometimes I feel like an imposter in that situation. And the thing is, I'm never going to know it all. I'm going to learn something new every single day and someone's going to correct me if I'm wrong and that's how I learn and grow and become a better nurse a better healthcare worker and that's just inevitable I'm gonna make a mistake I'm gonna mess something up I'm not gonna know everything that's just impossible I mean nurses nurse practitioners and doctors surgeons learn every single day they learn something new every day myself included so it's okay to be a little bit fearful of something new or something that you're not a hundred percent 
confident on quite yet. So take it day by day with that. And also, I talk to patients that are twice and or, not even twice, triple or quadruple (laughs) my age. And they are putting their full faith and trust into me as their nurse to, you know, educate them, help them when they're nervous, um, guide them and, you know, explain to them what to do. And that's also a huge, like, you're, you know, 60, you're 65, you've lived a lot more life than me. How am I supposed to know? how to guide you or tell you what to do in this circumstance, but also understanding that you've put in the work to obtain this license and you do know what you're talking about and you're really good at it and you're passionate about it. So you know what you're talking about, continue on. And if you don't seek help. So I think it's always good to have a little, be a little bit nervous and that just means you care. Um, and when I talked about this at therapy, when I was about to start my job as a new grad nurse, my therapist had told me, if you're not scared, I'd be like, if you're not nervous or you don't feel like an imposter, I'd be more worried than you thinking you know everything and that you have this 100% down because you don't and you never will. So he said a little bit of nerves and you know, being anxious or feeling like you don't know everything is normal. And if you didn't feel that, it wouldn't be normal. And I feel like this when I talk on the podcast sometimes, I'm like, who am I to be talking to a group of people? But at the same time, who cares? There are millions of podcasts out there. Millions. Okay. And I could have sat here and said, well, what would make my podcast different? Why would people want to listen to my podcast compared to someone, you know, that has three million followers and, you know, is very successful? Why would I try to enter into that world and, you know, take up space with my voice? But it doesn't matter if you if you impact one person, that's always better than none. So continue doing the things that you care and are passionate about no matter how you feel about it. If you want to do it and imposter syndrome is holding you back and your ego is holding you back, do it anyways. Push past it. I feel like that also on social media sometimes. You know, I have a good amount of followers. I'm not viral on TikTok or anything like that, but I have over 23, uh, 23,000 people watching my videos. That is, I can't even comprehend that at times. And I know there's other people that have, you know, 40 like way more followers and the thought that people want to listen and watch and you know take my recommendations or whatever it may be I'm like who am I to tell you what to do right I mean it's just our ego telling us like why are you good enough why do you think you can do this and you just have to shut it down so imposter syndrome and your ego go hand in hand And you just have to push past it and realize that whatever you're doing and whatever you are happy doing is what you're supposed to be doing. So you have to just push past that fear and just realize you're not an imposter. You are totally real in here and you are capable of whatever it is you're doing. I also feel like an imposter sometimes when I'm adulting. I'm wondering if I'm doing it right. Am I saving enough money? Am I overspending? Am I doing this right am I doing this in the right way am I is renting stupid should I have rented an apartment should I have bought would I even be able to buy anything you know your head just like goes off in these crazy places and it's like just be where you are right now be proud of it and accept that you are doing enough an amazing job where you are right now 
And this bleeds right into my next thing, which is confidence. A lot of people ask me all the time, how do you have so much confidence? And there was a time in my life when I was younger where I was completely stripped of my confidence. I had none. And this was right entering into high school. I had zero confidence, faith in myself. I was so, so debilitatingly shy. (laughs) And that only lasted a very short period of time because I then quit where that confidence was stripped, which I had a really, I did dance for years competitively and I had a bad experience my last few years doing dance to the point where my mom was like, this is too toxic, too toxic of an environment for you. You have to stop. And I was so mad at her when she pulled me out of dance and it was the best thing she ever did for me. And I just didn't know it at the time. Um, so I quit dance and then I went into doing varsity sports in high school and that's where I gained my confidence back I got so many friends and I finally found my place which was only a few months into high school thank god thank god my mom did that to me even though while she was doing it to me I thought she was evil I thought she was the worst person ever I was like I don't want to do this so glad she did because I wouldn't be the person I am without those experiences now but I had no confidence those years and then I gained it all back and yeah so confidence is a fake it till you make it type of situation all right you just have to pretend okay until it becomes and feels real and it's a very conscious effort it's the way you walk into a room it's the way that you present yourself to a job it's a way that you talk around your coworkers. it's a way that you act around your friends it's something you have to progressively work on all the time and think about all the time and when I say fake it until you make it I mean it's gonna feel uncomfortable at first especially if you are don't feel like you're a super confident person to begin with I had confidence within me it was just a sense of pulling it back out and it had just been taken away from me for a few years by you know coaches and dance instructors and like I said it's a story for another day But it was just a sense of getting back to that place. And a lot of what this podcast represents is confidence. Being the main character is a feeling of confidence. When I think of being the main character, I think of, you know, confidence. I think of walking in the room and thinking you're the best thing that's there. And I'm not saying that in a cocky way. I'm not saying that in a competitive way with other people of thinking that you're better than other people. But walking in the room and saying, you know, I deserve to be here. Or I take up space here. It's just like when you walk into a gym. It's just like when you walk into a professional setting. It's just like when I'm speaking to a surgeon. Like you having that certain level of confidence just gives you the upper hand in so many situations. And I think it's so important to develop and work on your confidence for multiple situations. And I think it's just such a good thing for your mental health as well. Just working on your confidence. It makes you less timid, anxious, and scared and shy. And listen, I am still a pretty shy person, which is surprising to a lot of people I know. But it takes me a while to get to a certain comfort level with people to where I feel like I can be completely myself. And I struggle with this in dating aspects too because it's going to take me two or three dates to like truly start to like 
fully be myself. Like I'm as much as myself as I can be on the first couple of days, but I'm still nervous. <laughs> I still have anxiety that I've worked really hard on, but it's still there. It's not gone. I work on it, but it's still there. And, you know, building up your confidence also has helped my anxiety. So you can be both. You can be shy and introvert and confident. It's just a sense of working through it. My next thing that I want to talk about is looking put together. So I really struggle with this because majority of the time I am in scrubs or I'm in workout clothes because that's just like primarily the two things I do the most is work and workout. And I just want to be better at this not necessarily I you know what this is just like the laid-back girl talk episode I'm really actually confused about this concept or what to do I always try and at least look put together when I go out but I don't know like I always look really good at work like I always look really good put together at work I always do my hair my makeup like I look good same thing with the gym the gym is more laid-back like I can just go with my skincare on and I feel okay It's just the rest of the time, like, if I'm, I don't know, I just feel like, I just feel like I never know what to wear outside of, like, gym wear, and then I wear a lot of, like, matching sets, and I'm like, is this put together enough? And then I also, at the same time, want to look like I live in Europe and dress like that daily. I don't know, I have a crisis every time I need to get dressed, and... It's just a problem, and I'm wondering if anyone else has this problem of trying to pick which aesthetic you're going to be. Are you going to be the girly pop in all Lululemon, which I own no Lululemon. I only wear the Amazon dupes. Am I going to be um, Sophia Ritchie today? Do I have clothes like Sophia Ritchie? No, but I could. Or do I want to be, like, comfy, chill, but look put together because my hair and makeup is done. I have no idea. I don't own my aesthetic and I don't think it's a problem. It's just something I think about a lot. And I think I look put together majority of the time, but also sometimes like I'm just going to wear my comfort sweatshirt and like Crocs and sports shorts, but then I, I don't feel as good. So it's just a very confusing thing. And I'm wondering if you guys struggle with the same thing. So that's why I'm talking about. I almost took this part out of the podcast because it makes no sense. And I think it only makes sense in my brain, but I think you guys will be able to relate to this of like never knowing what to wear or what looks good or when to wear certain things. And I also am just majority of the time in the summer in my bathing suit. So that's another thing. Like I'm not going out a lot. I don't know. I'm going to a concert tomorrow and I get to dress up for that and I'm very excited. So I don't know. If you guys relate to this, please let me know because I feel like this is confusing, but I put it in here in case anyone else can relate. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about is fitness. So I feel like, especially with TikTok, so many things have been thrown at especially women and it especially targets women on how to train for your body and what you should be doing, and what you shouldn't be doing, and what works to get this body, and what works to get this body. And this has been a constant forever for women of, you know, bettering your body. But now there's just so much to grasp. And it's even confused me, someone who's worked out consistently for over four years. I mean, it's absolutely relentless. Cycle sync. Don't cycle sync. 
go to Pilates. Only do Pilates. You shouldn't be training like a man. So stop strength training. You should be strength training. That's the best thing a female can do. You should walk 10,000 steps a day. You should go on a 5K every day. You should be running every day. You shouldn't be running every day because it raises your cortisol. Do the 12, 3, 30. I mean, it's just so much information and it's so much and it gets so it gets so confusing. Like I said, even for someone that has worked out consistently for years, you know, I've bulked, I've cut, I've, you know, I've been, I've been through it and I've done it in my own way, but I just feel like if, especially if you're new to fitness, it can be really intimidating, really confusing. Which path do you go down? Which one do you not? Which one is going to work best for your body? And I feel like it gets so confusing that people just don't do anything because it's so intimidating because the person you look up to looks amazing and they're cycle syncing and you're like I didn't even know there was this many phases to my period me included I'm still working on learning it um to the point where I was talking to my mom I was like should we be cycle syncing our workouts like is this a thing I should be doing I have no idea and I just for me and this is for me personally this could change in the future I think it's very hard to do a different style workout every single week um out of those four weeks like switching up your training style every week just uh boggles my mind I can't wrap my head around it and it works it works amazing for some people and that's amazing I don't think it would work for me I need something a little bit more consistent and maybe people will say well it is consistent you do the same thing every week on week one and so forth for every month totally fine for me personally I'm not gonna do that and um yeah I'm just not going to but I just feel like there's so many things thrown at you so my advice, if you're new to the fitness world, try out a lot of different things. And I've talked about this on past episodes. Try different types of movement. Try different classes. Try new things and new forms of movement, new ways of movement, and find out what you enjoy. Fitness is meant to be part of your lifestyle. It's not meant to be scary. It's not meant to be intimidating. It's not meant to be extremely hard. Yes, it does take dedication, not motivation. It takes dedication You have to show up on the days you don't want to sometimes and it sucks, but that's what's going to, you know, that's what's going to better you and it's for a healthy body and mind. So find what you like and then stick with that and then try and shut out and put on blinders of all the outside noise of what you should be doing just because Sally got great results. Cycle syncing doesn't mean that you have to too, especially if you're happy with the movement you're doing and it's something you're able to do, you know, three times, four times a week or whatever it is, however many times you work out. So stick with what you know. And if you don't know, try a bunch of different things until you find something that you like and enjoy and you can see being a part of your lifestyle for a long time. And if you want to switch it up and try something new, that's totally fine. Go with that. But I'm just saying, especially if you're new and into it, give something a chance to stick. And then once you do find something that does stick, let's say, for instance, it's it's cycling or spinning and doing like a rhythmic spin class with like choreography. And that's super fun for you. Maybe you were a dancer or something in the past and that just like gets you hyped. It gets you excited. You're excited to go. You're excited to see all your friends. You go to your favorite instructor. Cool. Okay. Now, stay consistent with that and let's see how it changes your mental health, your physical health, all of those things, okay? So once you find something, run with it and stick with it. And then you can move into exploring other options, Just but make sure if you're trying something new to just stay consistent with it to see if it's something that's going to work for you. I just feel like there's just so much out there and it can get 
very confusing. Like I said, it was confusing for me. So if you're just as confused or intimidated by it, just find whatever works for your own path. And I think it's amazing that people have their own ways of doing things. And everyone's, here's the thing. If you do the same cycle syncing workouts as Sally and eat the exact same way that Sally eats or even the exact same way that I eat and train, we are going to look completely different because we do not have the same body types. We don't have the same metabolism. We don't have the same sleep routine. We're two separate entities, okay? You can do the same thing and look completely different from the person next to you doing the same thing, okay? So try not to think that just what they're doing equals their body because it doesn't. Um... But I think it's always good to take pointers and advice from other people. But just make sure it works for you and with your lifestyle. So that completes today's episode. This was a really fun, open episode. I loved being a little vulnerable and open with you guys. And I hope that you can relate to some of this. I know a lot of you can. But I hope you guys have an amazing weekend. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And I will talk to you guys soon. Bye, guys.